0: Ladies and gentlemen, it may have taken 19 matchups and two years, but the Cleveland Browns have officially won a football game. Of course, they still haven't won on a Sunday since 2015. Good afternoon and welcome to the podcast. I'm Nick Drago. This week on the show, we talk about preseason hockey and nothing else. No, I'm just kidding. We have an overstuffed episode today as uh, we had another exciting week of football. We got a lot to talk about there. I'm going to predict the opening round of the Major League Baseball playoffs and Jorge Palpares joins us today t- to talk about the Jets and Browns Thursday night football game. Also, we're going to mention all the doom and gloom going on in Pittsburgh. Are you ready to rumble? I said, are you ready to rumble? I know I am. Sports, sports, sports starts now. Back, back. Oh, what a, yeah, a long home run for Aaron Judge. And the Yankees are on the board. a rocket Welcome one and welcome all to the Sports, Sports, Sports podcast with me, your host, Nick Drago. For those of you that have never listened to my show before, first off, it's pretty awesome. Uh, Our goal here is to provide you with a quick and dirty recap of last week's events while providing insight towards the next. If you like what what you hear, please find us on your favorite social media site by typing Sports, Sports, Sports with Nick Drago or Sports 3x podcast in the search bar. Uh, this weekend was a fun one for us. We had some friends come to town to visit, hung out in the Maniunk area here in Philly. Uh, we're also counting down the days to the wedding. 14 days. Oh my goodness, that should be fun. Oh, you know what else was fun? Watching a full gauntlet of NFL football games today. Let's talk about that. Starting with the Thursday game, Baker Mayfield, he showed the world why he was drafted number one after willing the Browns to victory over the Jets on Thursday night, 21-17. We're going to talk more about this later in the show. Panthers get a win today over the Bengals, 31-21, thanks to four interceptions and 230 net yards on the ground. Bills upset the Vikings in Minnesota 27-6. This helped soften the blow of Vontae Davis' mid-game retirement last week. Josh Allen, he was 15-22 of with one passing touchdown and two rushing TDs. Glad I had him on my fantasy team. Oh, wait, I benched him. Philly, they beat Indy 20-16. It was obviously that the Colts still don't trust Andrew Luck's arm as they took him out of the game with seconds left on the clock so that Jacoby Brissett could be the one to go for the Hail Mary toss. Dolphins uh, with a from behind victory over the Raiders 28-20. Albert Wilson, he showed his chops, tossing a 52-yard touchdown pass and also ran in a short reception for a 74-yard touchdown. Miami continues to lead the AFC East, although they have a date with Tom Brady next week. Ravens beat the Broncos 27-14. The Giants, they get their first victory of the year off some great play by Odell, Saquon Barkley, even Sterling Shepard, he looked good in this one. It's about time the Giants woke up and smelt the roses. Pat Shermer, he gets his first win as a head coach. Chiefs win 38-27 over the 49ers. However, Jimmy G went down, and folks, it does not look good. Uh, early reports are saying he might need ACL surgery, um, and so the fan base, they're actually calling for the 49ers to bring back Colin Kaepernick as his replacement. Doubt that's going to happen, folks. Titans shocked the Jaguars 9-6. Jacksonville without Leonard Fournette for the second straight the week. Blaine Gabbert, who started uh, due to Mariona's elbow injury. He was actually taken out of the game, prompting Titans' savior, Mariota to come off the bench and bring the team victory. Drew Brees, he had five touchdowns. The Saints beat the Falcons 43-37 in overtime. Redskins, they beat the Packers 31-17, earning their second win of the year. Rams, meanwhile... Uh, continue their undefeated start, beating their city rival, the Chargers, 35-23. Seahawks, they got a win over the Cowboys, 24-13. And lastly, the Bears hold off the Cardinals to win 16-14. The late game tonight, that's the uh, Patriots and Lions, so that won't be starting Um, until around the time that this episode's going up, so we won't have the stats for you there. Steelers and bucks that's the Monday night game, and I'm glad the Steelers are on Monday this week because the whole football world really needs to watch the dumpster fire that this team truly is. First, you have Le'Veon Bell, who continues to be nowhere to be seen, tweeting his little tweets here and there, trying to rile up the fan base and get a new contract. However, you really can't blame him for the team losing because... Brown's backup, James Conner, has been great. You have Antonio Brown, who jokingly, jokingly pleaded to be traded on Twitter. Who knows how truthful that was. You can't blame him either, though. He had a touchdown. 100, he has so far this season. One touchdown and 160 yards in those two games. Also, Ben Roethlisberger. You can't blame this guy, although recently he was getting, he was uh, called out by, for trying to get a goodnight kiss and then some from Stormy Daniels that was written in her new book. Um, after tying the Browns in week one and allowing six touchdown passes for Matt Mah- Pat Mahomes in week two, I, I don't care how good he is. You just can't let a-, a player like that score throw six touchdowns. Um, it's too much production. So no, no, in truth, the spotlight is all on the offense, but really the team's defense is where these problems are. Make no mistake, only the 2007 Giants have won a Super Bowl after starting the season 0 2. Now the Buccaneers, whom the Steelers play this week, they're shockingly 2-0 thanks to Fitz Magic. So this is a great game for Pittsburgh if they really want to make a statement, because if they lose here, that's it. They're done. They were expected to be Super Bowl champion this year, and now it doesn't look like it's going to happen at all. So they really got to win this one. All right, this seems like a good time for a break. When we return, though, we're going to converse with sports enthusiast Jorge Pujares about the Jets and Baker Mayfield's NFL debut. Stick around, friends. Sports, sports, sports. We'll be back in a flash. Great awareness, a tremendous God-given ability. Hey, how's your summer going? A little slow at work? Hey, I get it. Times are tough. Maybe what your business needs is a good kick-butt advertisement. Guess what? I can provide that for you free? Yeah, you're hearing that right. The Sports 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 Podcast with Nick Drago is looking for folks that want their message on the air. And guess what? It's not going to cost you a dime. Want to know more? Simple. Just email us, sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. All right, I know you want to get back to the show. So that's all I have to say for now. Take it away, Nick.
1: Here's the one This is going to be a tough play. Quiet, the card.
0: Welcome back. Now, I believe it's no secret on this program that I am a supporter of the New York football Jets. Unfortunately, they haven't exactly been the toast of the league as we would have expected it when they beat down the Lions in week one. We can thank the debut of Baker Mayfield for the Jets' newest blunder. Joining me on the program today is my former co-host from my days at the University of Hartford TV station, NFL analyst Jorge Pajares. He, too, is an avid Jets fan, but more importantly, has a sharp mind. For the game of football, Jorge, thanks for joining us today. How are you?
1: Pretty good. Thanks for having me on again, Nick. Oof.
0: It's a tough, <laughs> tough day on Thursday, right? I'm still recovering myself.
1: <clears throat> yes, it's uh, it's it was a tough Thursday. Thursday was a rough loss for the Jets. Um, Baker Mayfield came in for an injured Tyrod Taylor, who was concussed, uh, and immediately you could tell. When he got on the field, the, the whole vibe was different about the Browns. Uh, we already knew going into the game that the Browns had a legit defense, yeah. but Baker Mayfield definitely changed the whole mood when he came in the second quarter. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's, it's funny. I never hope for a player to get injured, but usually it's <laughs> like, oh, if the top quarterback goes out, that's a really good thing. We were already crushing Tyrod. Like, who else are they going to throw in there? But of course, this is a totally different scenario. Had Tyrod Taylor not been hurt, had they just avoided hurting his brain and his head, it would have been it would have been an easy win for the Jets. Instead, exactly. we end up with this gunslinger who comes in and just obliterates
1: us. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the Browns were down fourteen, nothing. The Jets were dominating on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, Ty- uh, when Tyrod Taylor got hurt, Baker Mayfield just his accuracy on his passes was just something to see. Uh, Jarvis Landry came alive. Carlos yeah. Hyde came alive. And the whole team looked like they just rallied around uh, Baker Mayfield. And Todd Bowles looked like he had no idea how to play defense against Baker Mayfield. They played in the zone pr- primarily most of the second half, when in the first half, they were blitzing like the, no tomorrow. Right. So where was right. the blitz on Todd Bowles' end? when you were blitzing Tyrod, but you won't blitz uh, Baker Mayfield. So that was questionable coaching decisions. For a coach I really like for the Jets, Todd Bowles is the kind of no-nonsense Bill Belichick type of coach mm-hmm. that the Jets really need, especially after the whole Rex Ryan era. So he's <laughs> definitely the type of coach the Jets need, but this was poor coaching on his part. To, to stay in zone coverage, when you have a, a corners like uh, Trumaine Johnson and Morris Claiborne that are really good man to man when especially when there's a blitz on the front seven there's that that was just really terrible coaching on my I think in my opinion on Cowboys and, and that really did them in, in the end because 21 unanswered it was, I believe it was uh um, what 13 unanswered and it then was, they hit um, it was four was it 14 unanswered points yes yeah and then, and then the game-winning touchdown. Uh, yeah, because the, the, the Browns minutes.
0: tied it up. The Browns tied it up. The Jets kicked that field goal, right? Yes. And then the Browns, um, they got that that other touchdown after the. Um...
1: And they even had the uh, <laughs> their version of the Philly Special from the Super Bowl and opening night. Yes. For the two-point conversion, Oof. so I mean, it's good. It's a good win for Hugh Jackson. But I know he wanted Tyrod. He really has a lot of respect for Tyrod Taylor. Mm-hmm. And he really wanted to notch a couple of wins on, with Tyrod to secure his head coaching position for the next season or two and then start the Baker Mayfield era once he has a, a contract extension and stays right. in right. Cleveland. But now, you look at these past three games, like the past two games for the Browns, they they could easily be 2-0. and And the argument can be made that Baker Mayfield, if he was a starting quarterback from week one, the Browns would be three and zero right now on oh, top yeah. of the A.C. North. I
0: agree. I mean, I agree. obviously they tied the Steelers, but I mean that you know beyond the missed field goal, you know against the Saints, they they could have tied that game up easily and ended up winning. You put in a, yeah. you put in a quarterback that can actually play because let's face it, I've always hated Tyron Taylor. Even with the right. Bills, I didn't think he was worth anything. You put in a quarterback who can actually play, and I agree with you. The Browns would be the Browns would be leading the division. <laughs> Isn't
1: that I mean, it, a what scary. a reality? that would be if the browns would be undefeated after a 0 16 start yeah with baker mayfield leading the helm yeah. and I, I was i was a big fan of baker mayfield coming out of college going to the NFL draft yeah uh, I, I was really hoping that the jets would pick him up at number 3 and the browns shocked the world getting him number 1 overall and you saw how good he is uh, it'll be interesting to see uh how he plays week 4 against an Oakland Raiders team that they may not they they for some reason, John Gruden says they don't have a pass rush when they traded away their best pass rusher. But it'll be interesting to see how he plays now that there's game tape on him. Uh, a coach that hopefully doesn't run a lot of zone in anticipation that he won't just throw the ball everywhere and just not prepared at all. I feel like John Gruden will be better prepared for Baker Mayfield. So that'll be good going into the into week four to right. see how the Raiders right. respond to Baker Mayfield, and if his accuracy stays consistent.
0: So, you bring up you bring up the draft, right? Um, yes. You're, you're you are very outspoken against Jets getting Sam Darnold. Yes. Um, uh, who would have been a better option, though? Because at that point in the draft, right, Mayfield's off the board, and now Darnold's off the board. So, where would you have gone?
1: Honestly, I uh, with the at the time, we, the Jets had Teddy Bridgewater and Josh McCown. If Darnold and uh, Baker were off the board, I would have gone Josh Allen and have him sit out a year or two, uh, start either Josh or Teddy going into the season, and just have Josh Allen learn. He'll be third, second string, whatever, but no playing time this year, all about getting the receivers right, defense right. And just have Josh Allen learn, because the problem with him right now in Buffalo is that He's, he's getting thrown into the wolves. Yeah. And he they, the Bills never got, with all the veteran quarterbacks that were out there in free agency, they never got a legit starter to, for Josh Allen to sit behind and learn in, in the offense. And yeah. I feel like if the Jets uh, lost out on Darnold and Baker, they had the perfect situation for a quarterback that could sit back and learn learn a, their their offense 'Cause right now they're running a spread style offense. So that, that would have been helpful for him to learn behind a Teddy Bridgewater or Josh McCown. Yeah. Not I feel mean,
0: sure. a part of me a part of me wishes they held on to Bridgewater. Um you know, and and they still kept Sam Darnold on the bench for a little bit. I mean, granted I wouldn't say he's looked terrible, even, even the loss against the Dolphins. He still threw over 300 yards, looked great, yes. you know, against the Lions beyond the, the pick six, you know, in his first ever NFL play. But, um, you know, I don't think he was a bad choice. I just I just don't think he's ready
1: yet. Right. No, I can agree with you on that. I mean, that's the 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 curse of the usc quarterbacks is the turnovers uh the jets have already went through one usc quarterback mark sanchez that uh but fumble and turnover prone so, my friends are no longer long in the me
0: whenever i get excited about the jets again they're like nick don't you remember the last time you got excited about a jets quarterback it's like oh no bring me back to 2009 so yeah you know, the u s a quarterbacks and and thinking about it i don't think any u s c quarterback has really survived in the nfl for that long
1: no uh the best quarterback to come out of u s c and see the most success is uh carson palmer and if right. that's your ceiling right. <laughs> then uh well hopefully the jets this year uh they they're not prioritizing making the playoffs right. uh it is interesting to see the I I guess try, uh, not triumph but fall of Robbie Anderson a year a year ago he was mm-hmm. looking like the jets most legit deep threat and this year he's he's fumbled twice in key moments in games against the dolphins and the browns um i've been a very strong uh, supporter of Quincy Anunua. i believe he he's a, he's a captain on the team i believe he is the most consistent a reliable receiver on the Jets right now, and hmm. he he is in a contract year. And I feel like he, if if the Jets can lock him down, because really you for Sam Darnold, you need one or two receivers for him to have a connection with, and so he can build through his entire career. Know, knowing uh you know Peyton Manning, all the greats have that one receiver that they always go to and yeah. they're reliable for it. Yeah, so I mean, if he builds that has, connection he has, with the really
0: well right now, I, to me. When I look at, you know, Anunua, Robbie Anderson, Jermaine Kearse, to me, all three of them would be like your third best receiver on any other. Day. Yes. And that's the problem. I You don't have a star receiver. You know, the running game's been great. You know, Powell and, and Crowell, that's a great combination. They're going to be nasty this yes. year.
1: But the, yes. The Crowell has supplies awful. a lot.
0: Yeah. He had, Did he have both touchdowns for the Jets on Sunday? I believe so. I believe he did. Yes. Yeah. You know, yes. It's yeah. Funny, both. Because the last time a Browns receive, uh Browns running back had two touchdowns in the game before Carlos Hyde this past week was Crowell when they last <laughs> won two years ago. It's full. Circle, it's full circle.
1: Full um, circle. But Crowell has been yeah. a great pickup for the Jets. Uh, mm-hmm. Who would have guessed that him and Bilal Powell would have been an amazing combination? The ground and pound is back with the Jets with those yes. two. Yes. And hopefully they can stay consistent. I believe Powell is also a in a contract here. So this is very, very good things to see if you're a Jets fan. Powell and, and Crowell working yeah. well together in the backfield.
0: They just have to, Crowell has to just not, you know, wipe his butt with the ball and then throw it to a fan. <laughs> if we can avoid the penalties from doing that. As I a think he needs to learn how
1: to uh, catch passes before he he can do that again. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Wait,
0: wait, wait. Did you hear about the beer fridge thing in Cleveland? Yes. That is the most amazing thing I ever heard, and now I want one. It can be here (laughs) in Philly. It can be back in New York. I don't care. But, like, that is the greatest thing I've ever heard.
1: (laughs) I I have a friend who lives in Cleveland, and unfortunately, he was working retail that day. But uh, the bar, he he doesn't work that far from the bar, and they had to manually unlock the fridge, the, the patrons had to un- unlock the fridge themselves because the bar owners had no idea how to unlock it. So everyone was coming together after the win, unlocking the fridge. Once they unlocked it, just tossing Bud Light everywhere. Just, that's amazing. Yes, you finally got a win.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I thought they had said on, on the during the broadcast that there was some kind of Wi-Fi signal that was sent to the fridge that's supposed to unlock it.
1: But maybe it was go. supposed to, and and there were some technical difficulties going on over there. So they had to actually move the fridge, go through the back, manually unlock it, and it was just a bartender and a bunch of other customers just coming in, helping out the cause <laughs> for the win.
0: That's, <laughs> That's awesome. So last thought here, where where do the Jets go at this point? You know, wh- what do they do?
1: Well, we, they need to have a sit-down with Robbie Anderson figure out what this fumbling problem is yeah. because the last two interceptions that uh, Sam Darnold threw, with it, he was under a lot of duress. That offensive line had two killer penalties, the false star penalties when they're in the red zone. Got to talk to the offensive line, figure that situation out. Uh, I honestly believe Baker Mayfield is in a better situation with the Browns because of their defense, and it's going to take a lot longer for Sam Darnold to get used to this kind of NFL because the Jets' offensive line is on the lower tier end. Yeah. Brandon Shell yeah. and James Carpenter have been riddled with penalties. Uh, I believe they already have 20 on the year uh, for well over 200 yards, I think. Uh, there's just killer penalties that the Jets need to figure out. And if they, if they can't figure out the penalty issue, then they're going to lose a lot more games uh, that they really should win.
0: Yeah, and they have a tough, tough bit of schedule coming up too. Uh, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but I think I know they play the Vikings at one point.
1: They yes, they play. They play the NFC North, North, so they already beat the Lions.
0: Yeah,
1: they have. They have to face the Bears and Khalil Mack, so that's going to be another tough one.
0: Yeah.
1: So it's 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 really going to be a tough season for the Jets. Mm-hmm. Um, exceeding five wins is going to be really difficult. I don't know how they're going to be able to do it. Uh, I, I believe they also play the AFC South because uh, the Jets are playing uh, Jacksonville yes. week four. Yes. And I, I can hear Jets fans saying that's going to be another W because we beat them last year and they're Super Bowl contenders. But that defense, yeah. if, he, if he had trouble with the Browns defense, the Jaguars defense is going to have a field day.
0: They're a better team uh, than they were last yes. year with the
1: Jags. Yes, Blake Bortles is a much better passer of the ball than he was last year, yeah. and that's yeah. going to be tough for the Jets to defend, even with the Truman Johnson or Leonard Williams, on defense. It's it's going to be t- it might be too much for the Jets to handle, and they might be playing catch up for the entire game. But we'll yeah. see how how Sam Donald. He's he's facing a lot of tough defenses this year, so it's it's going to be a good learning experience. Um, hopefully, he progresses and doesn't turn the ball over. Even in a loss, as long as he doesn't turn the ball over, I feel like the Jets and the Jets fans would be very impressed with his performance, even even in a loss. Yeah,
0: that's true. They're still doing better than the Giants. So Jets can at least take <laughs> solace in that for once. So, Jorge, well, thank you for joining us today. As usual, it was a pleasure.
1: Uh, thank you for having me on again so much. It's It's been great. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: Moving into college football for a moment. Boring weekend without any upsets in the top 25. But we did have a few close games, including Army losing to Oklahoma. The Sooners in a game nobody expected to go into overtime. That final score was 28-21. to Go Army. Stanford, they managed to hold off Oregon 38-31. to ASU came within seven of beating the Washington Huskies. Big news as Wake Forest fires its de- defensive coordinator after being blown out by the Irish. Kentucky, they move into the top 25 rankings for the first time in 11 years. Your top 10 teams right now are Bama, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, LSU at number five, Oklahoma, Stanford, Notre Dame and Penn State all currently undefeated and they have Auburn there at number 10 They're three and one currently. All right, let's take a break from all this just jazz and uh, Stay with us because when we get back, I want to talk about baseball. I want to talk about NFL NHL preseason things are getting warmed up there So get yourself another beer or if you're driving another uh, I don't know what do you what do you drink when you drive water? Uh, Whatever drink whatever you want Uh, Either way keep listening. We'll be right back. Tavis, and stop Tavis, the, John Tavis, and the is, over. is your shower too hot? I wish it was a little bit cooler? Well now you can make it that way with shower cubes. They're ice cubes for your shower! Okay, that's a pretty bad advertisement. You know what would work better here, though? Your own ad. Nick Drago here again, offering you a piece of the action right here on the Sports, Sports, Sports podcast. Best part is that it can be anything you want it to be. No, wait, that's not the best part. How could I forget the best part? The best part is I'm offering advertisement for free. That's free ad space. So if you have a product you want me to endorse, please email us at sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. It will not cost you a dime. I'll be waiting patiently at my computer.
1: Back to the court with Archie Deakin. 3 seconds at midcourt. Oh, Jenkins. gives it to Jenkins for the championship. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Baseball time this week's off. A few divisions get locked up, which means we can start to speculate what the playoff matchups will be at the end of the season. October is just a few short weeks away. It's my favorite month of the year for one reason, one reason only. All four big four sports are going on at the same time. You got hockey, basketball, you got football, and you got the other one, the one we're about to talk about, baseball. So exciting stuff! This weekend, the Yankees beat the Orioles two of three, thanks to the full return of a. a. Ron Judge. They were able to clinch a playoff spot on Saturday. Didi Gregorius, meanwhile, will be done for the year. Rays and Jays had an even weekend with the two trading blows. Blake Snelly wins his 21st game of the season. Tigers and Royals they also traded wins with an even weekend. Marlins they win three games over the Reds, outscoring them 14 to five over four games, with four of those runs for Cincy coming on Thursday. Marlins also um, went 19 straight innings without allowing a run. Unfortunately, they will finish the season with their lowest attendance record since 2004. That was the Expos. We all know what happened to that team. Brewers, they get two wins from the Pirates. Uh, they had three big games. They have three big games against St. Louis. Next, those two are neck and neck in the wild card race. But we're going to talk about more on that in a moment. Mets get three wins over Washington in a four-game series. Conforto he got them the win today. Uh, Alpha, a bases loaded triple. Braves sweep the Phillies in four games and solidify their place in the playoffs as they win the division for the first time since 2013. Phillies Batista uh, Bautista is not likely to stick around next season. He claims he wants to go to a contender. Sorry, Philly. It's not you guys. Astros, they embarrass the Angels, scoring 27 runs in three games and only allowing 10. Cubbies get two wins. Uh, over the White Sox and the Great Chicago Rivalry. St. Louis, they keep their playoff hopes alive by sweeping the Giants. San Fran lost their 50th road game this year. Mariners and Rangers in the division rivalry with the Rangers winning 2 of 3. A's get two wins over the Minnesota Twins. Dodgers manhandled the Padres today and won 2 of 3 this weekend. Rockies, they sweep the Diamondbacks and are only two games behind L.A. for the division title. Red Sox and Cleveland each uh, winning one game apiece going into Sunday's night game. All right, so the playoff picture right now in the AL has the Yankees and A's in a wild card game at Yankee Stadium. Now, in six games this year, these two are tied with three wins apiece 33, 28 in favor of Oakland as far as runs. The last time they played, though, was during an awful stretch of baseball in which the Yankees could barely field a healthy lineup. Having Judge, Chapman, and Sanchez back, in my opinion, makes them the favorites. Uh, as they have one of the scariest lineups in baseball. Now, the winner of that game, they would go on to play the Red Sox, who haven't looked great the last few weeks, but are still really dangerous. If it is the Yankees, then Boston has beaten them 7 out of 11 times this year. But more recently, Yankees won 2 of 3 this past week, so it's closer than you may think. Boston's outscored them 59 to 55. These two still have three games to go at the very end, so it's really hard for me make to, for me to make a definite answer without seeing those last few games. But at the moment, I'm going to say Yankees just barely getting over the Sox. The other AL matchup would be Cleveland and Houston. Cleveland had the benefit of playing in an easy division while Houston has uh, had a bit of competition all year, be it from, you know, L.A., Seattle, uh, or Oakland. Cleveland, though, is outgunned 45-29 to and lost four of seven games to Houston this season. Obvious choice here would be the Astros. Looking at the NL... The, only the Braves have clinched, so we really don't know what to expect. Where the AL is mostly locked up at this point. As far as matchups go, the current wild card would be the Brewers and Cardinals, we are actually playing this week, as I mentioned earlier. But this season, Milwaukee scored 38 compared to St. Louis' 40, 41. So St. Louis outscored Milwaukee, even though Milwaukee has a better record. Uh, now, these two end up, if these two end up in a wild card game, I'm gonna go with, with the Cardinals. Uh for whatever reason, they just know how to hold the Brewers at bay. In eight of their nine games, Milwaukee was held to three runs and less. And really, they only achieved three runs once in those eight games. Um Cards would then go on to play the Cubs, uh the same team they end their they end their season with. Chicago seems like a heavy favorite in this one. Um, but the run spread's almost even, actually. Chicago has one extra run between the two. I'm going for the Cubs, but I don't think that's going to be as easy a win as you may think. Last matchup, that would be Atlanta and L.A. Braves being the first team to clinch, and the Dodgers barely ahead of the Rockies right now. Um, L.A. has beaten Atlanta five out of seven times this year. They have scored them 35-18 and held the Braves to three runs or less in five of the seven games. So even though the Dodgers, they're a weak team right now, they're definitely the favorites to crush Atlanta. Moving on, preseason... Hockey has arrived, and granted, while it isn't as exciting as regular season, fans still have good reason to celebrate. Heading into it, the Predators and Lightning have the greatest odds to win Lord Stanley's Cup. According to oddsmakers, it looks like the Lightning, Maple Leafs, and Bruins would be representing the Atlantic in that order, um, while the Capitals, Penguins, and Blue Jackets would rep the Metro. Flyers and Panthers, they would make the wild card Uh, They would hit the wild card slots, and in the central we'd have Nashville, Winnipeg, and the Blues. Pacific would be the Sharks, Kings, and Golden Knights. For the for the West, wild card teams are kind of a toss up because the wild, um, yeah, it was the Wild Oilers, Stars, and Ducks. They were all kind of ranked at. They all had the exact same. Exact same odds. So really, it's it's a toss-up there between those four teams. The NBA, they're going to be starting up soon uh, with the big story right now being Jimmy Butler. Now, I made a big deal last week about the, the Timber Bulls uh, without realizing that it was going to be the preamble to the new biggest story in the league, um, <clears throat> that being Jimmy Butler. The dude wants out of Minnesota, and who can blame him? That team isn't going anywhere. T-Wolves are happy to find a trade partner here, but the only issue is that Jimmy Butler will only sign an extension if he's traded to either the Knicks, Nets, or Clippers. That's Those are the three he chose. Why he chose those three terrible teams, I have no idea. But it seems like he wants to go play in a big market, and he doesn't want to go play with LeBron. He wants to be the star of whatever team he ends up going to. Um, there have been a lot of rumors swirling the last few months about Kyrie and Butler teaming up in orange and blue next season for New York, but the Knicks, they're holding firm to developing the team they currently have rather than sell the farm, um, and trade away any pieces to acquire Butler. Now, no, instead Butler, Jimmy is probably going to end up playing somewhere like Cleveland. They've become the front runner in the last two days. Hmm, Minnesota trading one of their stars to Cleveland. This sounds familiar. They did the same thing in 2014 when they swapped Kevin Love for for Andrew Wiggins. Now, Butler will at least guarantee a playoff spot for the Cavs, but it doesn't make them better than the 76ers, the Celtics, and the Raptors. It's also been reported that Philly has reached out, um, which would make them the best team in the East by far if they end up getting this guy. Rockets, they've also been asking about Butler's services, along with the Pistons and Trailblazers they're looming. Biggest story of the day, friends, our Athlete of the Week, after 10 years of mediocrity, Tiger Woods is officially your PGA Tour champion. This is Tiger's 80th PGA win and his first since 2013. All summer, Tiger's been scratching the surface, coming so close, and really showing that he's ready to be the star that this sport needs yet again. It was only a matter of time until this happened. Now he has to go out and win a few more of those majors. Congrats to you, Mr. Woods. Enjoy your much-earned celebration. In a recent discussion this week, I was told by a fan that they like to listen to past episodes of my show and try to see how accurate I am in my predictions. So for those of you at home, I got homework for you. If you catch some... ridiculous prediction in my program from the past few episodes and you want to call me about it or call me out about it please do our email sports 3x at gmail.com that fan by the way was brandon o'keefe he agreed to be on the show once hockey season rolls around so that'll be fun special thanks as usual to the content editor of the show johanna albert she was also the designer of our logo and in two weeks she will be my wife The music for our program is a song called Golden Sunrise by Josh Woodward. A link to his website can be found in the show notes. Special thanks to Brendan O'Keefe for his comments, and another special thanks to Jorge Pajares for joining us on the show today. Our usual Facebook warriors, Lois Butler and Mary Kay Albert, gave us likes and shares. I love to give shout outs. So if you want your name called down on the show, go to our Facebook or Twitter, type in your search, type in your search bar Sports, Sports, Sports with Nick Drago, or sports 3 Podcast. Come find us, hit that subscribe button, like, comment, share. Um, all right, well, that was a great episode. You're darn tootin' it was a great episode. So, like I said, like, comment, share, email, Twitter at us, all those cool online stuff the kids are doing nowadays. Do the, uh, what's what's that that dance? The floss, which I just discovered I can only do when I'm drunk. So, if you'll excuse me, I need to go take a little rabid raccoon and uh, discover a cure for the heebie-jeebies Then I'm going to sleep. Again, our email is sports 3 xpodcast at gmail.com. Email us. I love hearing from fans. All right. Have yourself a merry little first week of fall. Good night.